0: The DWA podcast is recorded live to SD card at the old Wrigley building in Santa Cruz, California. Where am I? And where are you? Can you imagine like his head being inside his little head? Egocidal vehiculum. There's no doubt Corvettes are fast. What about the people that are putting their fingers over the license? (laughs) 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 Keiichi Tsuchiya. Those cars have such a cute little face, you know? It's like a little little salamander or something, you know? I'm riding dirty right now. Fight those traffic tickets with Off the Record. Snap a photo of your ticket, answer a few questions, and get matched to an experienced lawyer. That's it. No mailing in your ticket, no showing up in court. Let the pros handle it and keep those points off your record. Use code AWESOME to get 10% off. That's offtherecord.com. Fight those tickets. Welcome to Driving While well Awesome. My name is Lane. This is Ellie. And we are in Flagstaff, Arizona, recording a podcast at a dining table... Um, at an Airbnb just to set the scene. We have two wedges of watermelon each. We have some Nutter Butter on the table. Um, I am drinking a beer called Barrio Blonde Ale. Um, it's pretty good. I think it's local here. Ali's drinking a Coke Zero and a Jack Daniels Tennessee apple pie. Is that what it says? I have no idea what apple that is. F- I'm drinking f- this Coke Zero. Apple Fitzer or something. Uh, so that's the scene. It's weird. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we just got back from the Overlanding Expo, Overland Expo West, which was in Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, what do you? <laughs> I guess we should talk about that a little bit. I think we briefly talk about that and maybe talk about the Overland Expo West on another podcast that yeah, will be coming out for soon. for sure. Camping while awesome, coming soon. Um, we should talk about the car that the vehicle that we've been driving for a couple of days now. All right. What is that? Uh, 2022 Rivian R1T launch edition with a max pack. What is max pack? Bigger battery pack. Gotcha. Uh, so it's the launch edition green, which is actually metallic. It's so hard to tell, right? Like it doesn't, it looks like one of those like kind of, uh, it's kind of weird. Like it's got, it's almost like, uh, pearl Non-flake metallic I i think the paint is non-metallic and then they sprinkle like a pearl in <laughs> pearl. The clear like old school you know what i think you're right because and it and it reads as like a non-metallic paint job in yeah. most cases um uh, but yeah uh I, I like the color a lot it's it's good looking color yeah i think it's cool and then it has black like fake leather interior with green like Kind of like sizzle cloth inserts. Um, yeah. And then same color. Some pretty cool mats. textures on the seats as well. Like the different kinds of stitching that are there and, and kind of the layers that are there. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. And that fabric like peeking through is really neat. Yeah. Uh, so we flew into Phoenix, Arizona from Oakland on Jet Suite, And then we... Uh, what is it called? Touro'd this car. So they the guy dropped it off at the airport for us, and we drove it to Flagstaff. Basically, yeah, we were kind of freaked out on the on the range because the car when we put the final destination was saying that we had to charge, but it yeah. kind of didn't make sense. The UI was was. That was, like, one of the first kind of, like, little quirky things in the UI that I that I found. Yeah, because it's only 150 miles, right? Yeah, and we totally could have done our whole drive without charging because by the time we – when we charged in Sedona, which we'll talk about in a minute. Okay, Sedona didn't give us anything, though. 11 miles. Okay, yeah. So – and we got to the – we got to the um, charging station here in Flagstaff with, like, 70 miles yeah. left. Yeah. Yeah. So the the range estimations and and it's kind of like closed loop with the with the GPS coordinate and and kind of the range and all of that stuff it just doesn't work. Basically it's not good at that. So no. that's one thing that my pole star is like perfect at where I'll type in a destination to the Google Maps and uh It'll say you're going to arrive with this percentage of battery, and I've never seen it off from that exact number. Yeah, it doesn't – it's not that hard because you you know what the destination is. You know what the elevation is. You, you can estimate the speed based on current traffic data. Yeah, and Google does all that, yeah, right? They and, have that math. So happening. you should be able to to create a pretty pretty robust charge estimation or but range estimation. Do you think it's because are they using – because they're not using Google Maps? I think right now there are some things disconnected between in, in their infotainment between their infotainment and the, the vehicle controller. I don't think there's, there's a full connection there because you know, some of the things like when we asked Alexa to change the drive mode, it couldn't, it didn't even know what we were talking about. It couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> At one point I mentioned Tesla and uh, I didn't even say, I didn't say, Hey Alexa, I just said, I think Tesla. He said something about Alexis. Oh, maybe, and then I said Aura Tesla" or something, and it's like it just it just all of a sudden said Nikola Tesla. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was very creepy. But Great yeah, brother. um, S- like initial impressions. This is our second time driving. Our so. first extended drive because Ali and I drove a um basically they um Rivian sent like a kid over with a tesla i mean sorry with a uh, rivian and we got like 30 minutes in it or something yeah and it was with with the guy in the car so it was like kind yeah. of around the block basically yeah and we couldn't kind of you just couldn't kind of settle into it yeah but here we got we got settled into it and immediately got it on the highway i think it was called highway 17 uh-huh. north out What's of that? phoenix um Stopped at a a weird little kind of like off the highway barbecue joint that Mm -hmm. was cool experience. the The food wasn't great, but it was it was worth a stop. Um, And I think right away I started getting a little bit frustrated with the the kind of the UI is just cumbersome, and the inputs are are kind of they're all they over like way over filtered. Yeah. So even like adjusting the steering wheel, you just have to put like, you have to n- r- like roll that dial a lot. So essentially like to, adju- yeah, to adjust the steering wheel, it's not like a traditional car where you under the steering wheel, you have a lever and then you move it manually or like an electric you know, a typical electric wheel like an Alexis will have just like the controls under the yeah. under the, on the column for a switch. It's super easy, right? This you go into a menu, you say I want to adjust the wheel, then you have to click OK. Then it's the two like um scrolling dials on the steering wheel, which would be like volume and and I don't know what else. But you do those for pulling the wheel out or in and up and down and you're like scrolling for days basically yeah you're like it, it's almost you, you kind of you think like something's broken like there's too yeah. much granularity between the clicks on the model y it actually like every click moves it quite a bit um, in a way it's cool because it's like infinite adjustability right I mean not, but you don't need more than really probably like, like like imagine if it only had like eight yeah. steps that would be perfect right? yeah I don't need it, it literally has like 80 steps yeah yeah, it like doesn't need that. I was scrolling for a long time. Yeah, um, the other thing I noticed right away is how close the IP is or the instrument panel screen is to the steering wheel. It's like it's like air cooled nine eleven close. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, a- and the result is, and it has no brow over the top of it, and it's not inset at all. Yeah, so it gets washed out. So, a little so bit. the result is that you get washed out graphics, and then. You're clipping a good one fourth of the screen pretty easily. Actually, that's a good question. Um, so I know when in my driving position in it, I was like, kind of looking at the bottom of the gauges, and then I didn't see anything else. Yeah, and you were the same, even I though you're like, I, I was basically almost like kind of the the steering wheel. The top two corners were just completely gone, and I could see them. Th- on the other side of the steering wheel, like on the outside of the steering wheel. Yeah. So you're kind of the same as me, even though I'm, and and they kind of, I think I feel like they designed the UX is designed a little bit for that because there's not much data or information up there. But it's also a huge waste of real estate not to to kind of oh you know what that is too it's square, yeah. so most cars would have a brow and it would actually be oval on the top right sure. or it have some kind of like yep. some kind of uh, cornered radiuses um, and this being square obviously it's not going to all fit behind the yeah but like wheel. The, the Mercedes S class is square and the yeah. Tesla like a lot of these other cars are square too well Tesla right? doesn't even have yeah, one t- so I was I going you're to you're say Tesla about. but uh, anyways um. But anyways, that's like, these are kind of, those are, I think those super are kind of minor things. little gripes. Um, yeah. Another little, like, so we had, I had talked about it before because I was super impressed with like how much attention to detail there is on this vehicle. And I'm still pretty yeah. impressed with that. And I think overall the fit and finish is pretty good. No rattles at no, all. No, and, and we've been like mobbing this car. And we'll talk about it in a little <laughs> bit, but like like off-roading this thing, literally off-roading and it just doesn't rattle and creak, which is pretty amazing. Um, but there's a few little things where like the door handles are in a really odd position. Yep. Uh, they're really low and they're, they're kind of facing the wrong direction for how you sit. Yeah. Interior door handles, exterior door handles. They do the pop out thing. They kind of suck. I mean, you have, they're, they're already, it's like, I've cussed at them like, Five times. The experience really sucks for us because we're not paired to the car. Yeah. And so it doesn't automatically present itself or automatically lock itself up or whatever. But I just, like, I think all of these auto manufacturers need to just get over these flush doors or just, like, there's no reason to innovate on a door handle. No. And... I also don't understand, like, so... You know, you get... And it's ugly. It it's is. just ugly. And then you get to that thing where you're like, okay, what if it breaks? And then you could say, well, they've kind of solved that. They've, they're they good enough where things don't break like that. But meanwhile, this thing does... It has 3,500 miles on it, and the driver window does not one touch up. Yeah. And it's supposed to. Yeah, we. I went through the programming sequence. I did a bunch of stuff, and... There's either some kind of software bug or some some sensor that's failing. So what if your door handle just wouldn't open? I mean, well, I think I mean there's I think sure there's a way still yeah, yeah. there's there's a, a cable connection yeah, yeah and stuff like that. But I I just I don't know. I think well that, this goes back over- to like the Tesla has the cable connection where yeah. you. You can override it on the inside, yep. and I always do it every time I ride in, in our Model yep. Y, and I always pull the handle, and then it tells me you're going to break the window or <laughs> the seal because you're not allowed to do oh, it. Yeah. But well, they get, but Tesla gives you a big old handle, and I'm like, don't give me a big fucking handle. And that's set. supposed to be an emergency. The reason that- But that, it's right there. You know, it's like, hide it underneath it's hiding, them. It's trying to hide it. It's not hidden at all. But you it's, know why it could break the window? Yeah, I know. Yeah, because it does the, the down. The but yeah. then why doesn't it do the down thing when I do that? I don't know. 996 did that. They should just, it, they probably don't have that little switch in there that. The, yeah. A little micro switch yeah, that does yeah, that on the handle. Anyways. Yeah, anyways. Um, what else? I think the, we did like a little dirt section after lunch, um, just kind of like parallel to the highway and put it in rally mode. And like immediately we were, I was blown away with the, the chassis stiffness and the isolation from the chassis to the suspension and then the ability for the stock suspension to feel so smooth i mean i don't know what it would feel like at 70 80 miles an hour but what we were cruising at, i better be smoother probably i mean um i you know so i will say that like you know we drove a lot of we drive a lot of like these dirt kind of like washboard i don't know what you fire trails right um, on like DWA rallies and stuff and our cars all do fine but they're like you know they, they kind of beat you up a little bit this thing you feel like the wheels are doing all the work or the suspension is doing all the work sorry the wheels are going up and down the body is staying like perfect it like, totally like feels like it- If you zone yourself out and, like, look at the trees for a second, you forget that you're on a dirt trail. Yeah, yeah. Like, with washboards and everything. Yeah, you think you might be on, like, just a road in town that's not the best road. Yeah, so the, the, the chassis team, I don't know who you are. I probably do great oh it doesn't buck at all like no it doesn't bucking, do any of that no like weird that weird like i the thing where the where it kind of gets a rhythm going and yep. it does the the porpoise thing or whatever yeah, or like the tailgate like rattling when you when you go over nothing uh, at all rumbles or any of that stuff no so then um we did that little dirt road uh saw a bunch of weird houses it was mm-hmm. super weird um and then uh and then we got to the wall. sedona Oh, yeah. We went to Sedona. Yep. Oh, yeah. that was And we rad. charged it at a city hall. It was basically a 110 outlet, you know, charger, whatever that means. Level one. It was a level, no, this was a level two, but it was uh, basically a 30 amp 220 volt. So but super, it, super slow. It was about five kilowatts. Yeah. It was charging yeah. way less than like we would do at 220 at work or something. At work, we're a little bit faster than we're that. Way faster. But this was throttled down because it was one charger feeding two vehicles okay and so anyways it was slow yeah we, yeah we went on a walk for like i don't know an hour and a half yeah hour and a half we got Walked 11 beef jerky miles. all of this stuff because like at, way, at work really i get, get be- 17 miles an hour really good beef jerky really good beef jerky really um, good and we got a deal because it was like it was like 15 bucks for a bag and then we i looked down on the floor and there's a big old box full of jerkies i'm like what's that one they're like oh those are just kind of like expiring soon like it's dried meat, dude. Yeah. Like and they were like six dollars a bag. We're like, yeah, screw we went, this. We went crazy. So it was awesome. Uh, do you want to answer some questions right now before we get into like how it offroads and a little more about the car? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. First question is from JD J I K. How is real life range? How does it stack up to an F one fifty Lightning? Well, I don't think... We haven't driven an F-150 Lightning. Not yet. Um, Real-life range? I th- I think this was exceeded expectations territory. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. We always, like, look down and we're like, wow, we still have that much left? Yeah. Like, it's really, really efficient. Uh, I think part of that also was that it lied to us and said we had less range than we did. So, you know, at first. Yeah. And then that, it kind of has, like, been all right since then. Yeah, I think... Um, You know, we drove, we fast charged on the 350 kilowatt charger yesterday and then drove around all day today, did that off-road trail and it was still like over 50% left when we charged. Yeah. So range wise, it, it does really well. I think, um, you can, you can pretty easily expect 220 to 240 miles per, per, but that's the thing. What charge it, but, but what I bet it, you it'll even do more I, I don't have enough experience to I think more to than that uh, I, think, I think it'll do more than that I think the thing is supposed to do like 280 or 300 on a charge right or something especially I like I was actually pretty impressed with the conserve mode or whatever that's called yeah so one thing this car does have and we kind of used it at first because it, it was giving us range anxiety because it was basically telling us we needed to stop and then we changed it to this like eco mode and what Eco Mode does, it puts it in front-wheel drive only and only front-wheel front, front wheel drive only. So it basically decouples the rear motors or turns them off. Yeah. And you're and just and running the front motor. And the reason they do that, motors. generally, the reason they would do that, and I'm not sure exactly how the Rivian architecture is, but I, I believe um, the reason that we would do that back at Tesla, for example, is that you design the front motor to be – better more efficient at high speeds then the rear motors are more efficient at low speeds for torque and then as you get to higher speeds you decouple the rear motors and you just rely on the front motors to keep you going Mm -hmm. and then you re-engage the rear motors as you need to do a a pass or or something like that (laughs) but i don't think it was ever re-engaging them no it wasn't so you you can actually that was kind of what, what was cool about it was that you can kind of force it to just stay in the front motor yeah and I can't think of another, via, like, I don't know any other electric cars that have that option of, like, be, like for example. No, I, I think all of them do that. And the Model S, I'm 99% sure the Model S does that. No, you can't turn off the rear motors. You can't just, like, decouple them. It do, it does it all automatically. And that's why, that's why it's, like, whatever, 300-something mile range, and it's just transparent to everybody. It's because it's doing all of that. Well, I don't think my Polestar does that, for example. I don't think the Model Y does it. I don't think the Model Y. So, like for example, my my car has a 250 miles range, and a single motor Polestar does like uh, 280 miles of range or something like that. So, but how rad it would be if mine had this mode where you can decouple and you would get the 280. Yeah, whatever, right? Cool. Yeah, yeah. There, I think there there are some. Companies doing it, but for example, in the Polestar, I don't think you have the packaging space to put like a big torquey motor in the rear and then like a small high efficient motor in the front, for well, example. I have equal size motors, exactly. Front and so, what they're doing is they're using the same motor mm-hmm. in the front and in the rear, yeah, yeah. And I think I know what motor it is, it's the uh, it's made by GKN, I believe. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, so, so I don't know, I think, <clears throat> and I have no idea how this stacks up to the F 150, I think. The F-150 will be a lot more utilitarian than this. Mm -hmm. I think it'll feel more like a truck than this does. This feels kind of like a really nice SUV. Yeah, and this is, uh, this, this isn't like, this thing's not body on frame and the bed is not separate from the chassis, you know, and that's what the lightning is going to be, right? It's like a traditional truck. I think the Rivian does have frame rails, but it's, it's kind of this like semi-unibody thing. Um... Well, I mean, the body is one piece. I'm with not exactly the, sure how the whole that, body is one piece. Yeah, it's so the, a, it's a unibody like construction, right? The I body mean, is one piece with the bed. Yeah, but I think there is a separate chassis structure under the under the Rivian.
1: Oh, I imagine it, there's
0: like frame rails, but isn't yeah, it still unibody? Unibody is when the frame rails integrated into the body. Well, don't so you, you think it is full unibody then? I don't think it's a. It's not. It doesn't have a. It doesn't have a. If I remember frame. seeing. The – I'd have to look up photos, but if I remember seeing it right that – remember that time we saw it in the LA Auto Show? Yeah. The first time several years back and we saw the frame up on the wall and we were looking at the frame extrusions and how they were hydroformed and, like, all of that stuff. Yeah, it was, like, four years ago. Yeah, well, it's the same car. They're not going to, like – No, I know, but I don't – Anyways, hmm. jury's out. Yeah. But, but, but I would say that I will guess – the Rivian would drive more like an SUV, the F 150 Lightning. Would I think drive the F 150 like is going to drive like an F 150. Yeah, which is a great driving truck. But it's a truck. It's a truck. This does not drive like a not truck, all. really. All right. SF Production Gabe says Have you guys just broken the big truck small penis rule? All right. I don't know. Um, the nice know. thing is it's a it's small, a small truck. truck so, so it fits, the, fits the rule just great. Yeah. Uh, and then Ryan tomorrow says, this or the Lightning? And he works for Ford, so I know what he's rooting on, rooting for. Whoever delivers a truck faster. Yep. Uh, Lightning's not, I don't see Lightning's available. Sorry, buddy. There's anything. one in Irvine for 142000 Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I don't know how to say this name. Dieter in space, or Des, Desider in space, Desider space, Desider space, Desider space. Um, do Remember you do the EV driver thing? Re-tempting quick ice cars to race you. I never have done that. No, that's like so foreign to like anything. No. Why would you... It's like tempting like internal combustion cars to race you. But no, no, that's not me. It's not me either. I just... I, I'm like sneaky in electric cars. I just yeah, look I for want gaps to and know. i like, no, yeah, exactly. I just want to slither through traffic. Yeah. And I want to be able to be next to them on the light and be like, I know I can get in front of them. But yeah, like, who but cares? That's just, uh, like, how many, like, it's not race I'm in my either. Model Y on the highway and like some like Corvette Z06 pulls up next to me. Yeah. I'm like, uh, okay, so what? That's yeah, something no. Cameron would do or something. I don't know. Cam- um, Cameron wouldn't even do that. All right. Kw Rad Dad says, "Oh, he says." Didn't you bring Rad back? He says R1T because I he corrected me because I put RT1 at first. Thanks, dude. You're cool. (laughs) Um, Patrick Ryan says, "What cartoon character does it look like?" Oh, it's like something from Tron, or I don't know. No, it's like that droopy Basset Hound cartoon character. Oh, is that it? I don't know what that is. Eeyore, maybe. It looks like Eeyore. That's not who I was originally talking about, but it looks a little bit like because it has Eeyore. the eyes like the droopy, it's eyes. Like droopy like droopy eyes and... I don't know. I don't know. Pass. I know. I, I think Pass. it's like kind of cool looking. I, I, I think don't know, it's great. Like people would say the front end's like really ugly. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. It's like different enough. I think the styling team did a great job. Ryan Derby says is this why there isn't a podcast this week? No. There isn't a podcast. There wasn't a podcast last week because we recorded. And then when I took the memory out and put it in the computer, there it was empty of any files. And it's a mystery why I didn't record. Um, we were very upset because we it was the best podcast we had ever recorded ever. It was an hour and a half of gold. And we lost it. Let's make some platinum. Yeah. Yeah. Forrest Works says how well does a seat upholstery consume and mask or amplify hot with beef jerky farts how <sighs> dare you yeah it does a pretty good job uh, Nicholas Lo- 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 Nicholas Roach says I thought Lane was strictly a Chinese electric car guy no I'm cool with all um, besides Tesla's um, Lane is a global citizen Hot Rod King DN says, "Is it a good enough experience to begin Lane's transformation into an Overlander?" Uh, that's a good question. Lane is like full <laughs> Overland. Dude. I'm like, dude. I'm um, I basically am the Expedition Portal. You should portal. have seen him at Overland Expo, oh, yeah. where he was like. He he kept bugging me to go up every like he's like I gotta try this rooftop tent that rooftop yeah, tent yeah, yeah, yeah. soft side hard I front. have I'm my like, dude, eyes just calm down I have man. my eyes on an Auto like, Home take it take it easy Auto Home rooftop tents shout dude. out they're the best hit up Andrew um oh no but uh, we took this thing off roading and it was really fun and off, I've been off roading a few times before it's it's always fun I just. This was the most pleasurable off-roading experience I've had. I mean, yeah, maybe we'll get in. We'll get into it in a minute, but it was, yeah, it was like easy mode times a hundred. Um, Brickyard Garage says, "Do you guys like the taillight design? What about the headlights?" Yes to all. Yeah, I think. I think Actually, the styling is as good as it could be. I think it's cool. I think cool. it's so clean. Yeah. But it also it looks good like you said at all the right heights it looks good. Yeah, it, it looks, looks good when it's slammed, it looks good when it's high. Parking lot next to an old Dodge truck or on the on the trail coming down a hill like And it's very like modern and clean, but it's also like kind of like upright enough and stout enough. You know, it looks strong and it doesn't look like it's not like laid back and weak like a F150 from Nineteen ninety eight or whatever. Um, I I think it has a. I I don't know. I overall it doesn't look soft like a Model X or something like that. No, no. I think I think it's a. I think it's a cool design for sure. Uh, It will blind you when the lights turn on when you're walking towards it though. Piston Drift says, "Is it a usable pickup?" Uh, It was dwarfed by the Forerunner that I rented to do moving stuff. So part of the reason I also think this is a full unibody and not a on frame is just that it has a lot of interior space and it has tons of ride height. And I don't understand how you would do that with a frame rail. The frame rails go outside of the battery. So yeah. you're basically floor space. Uh, but even with a frame, like, look, go sit in a Toyota on. Tacoma. They're miserable places to be. Yeah, because the, the floor body, is so high. the The floor sits over the highest plane of yeah, the yeah. frame rail. Oh, and you're saying this goes up and above. Yeah, and the frame rail is low on this. You need to look this up. Right? I'm looking. It up, I'm really. Yeah. I'm really frustrated. Um. Yeah. So I think it's um, it is dwarfed by a forerunner, and I think this is kind of the perfect size um, truck. It's like. It's not like a small truck, like from the 80s. You know, it's not like a small Toyota truck from the 80s, but it's very, like, we parked next to a 60s Dodge and it was about the same size. And I think that's kind of like, a, I think that's a really good size for a truck. And also for a truck that is comfortable for, I think this is a comfortable, like, truck for five people. And I've sat in the rear seat and it's comfortable. Um. All right. So I have so a photo not, no. of the Rivian chassis and and stuff up. It's, but it's all together. As yeah, one. It, they're basically it's like a big aluminum extrusion. It it is. I would consider it a unibody with like heavily reinforced frame rails. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, moving yeah. on. Uh, what the the question is it usable as a truck? Yeah. I actually think. Depends on what you need a truck for. So if you just need a truck to have a bed that you can throw stuff in, I think it's a great size bed. I think obviously if it's a work truck and you need to haul lumber and all of this stuff, maybe you need a roof rack for it or something. But it's a totally usable bed. I would use it for all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I agree. And um, yeah, the bed, you know, the tailgate folds down like all these trucks. I mean, what do most people use trucks for? And like most people, that have big truck beds too. They still have a roof rack or something. Or I don't know. They, like don't know. No, my they, brother has no, a full size truck, and he has like a snug top on it. So what's that? Is that usable as a truck? No. Yeah, I don't know. Um, last question: Big flat, big fat flip. Brian says range anxiety in an urban place is one thing. But with Rivian pushing the outdoorsy narrative, how much more stressful is Reigns anxiety into the middle of nowhere? I can tell you right now, I was actually going to say this earlier when we were driving around. I could see myself spending a week like hub and spoking, out of a place like Flagstaff or Lake Tahoe or whatever, doing like fun off-road adventures, even like not staying in an airbnb or a hotel or whatever like camping and then just once every like two days you drive 15 minutes or half an hour to the walmart uh fast charge and go back i think it's totally possible so i do think the worst thing about this truck was when we were when we thought we were like not gonna make it to flagstaff even though we made it with plenty of juice left we were looking for a charger and there was kind of there wasn't much at all in between um, Phoenix and Flagstaff. There was a little bit in Sedona, but they were all like fifty kilowatt chargers and and lower six kilowatt. Or yeah, they chargers. weren't so even were six kilowatt. Yeah, exactly. So. We were, we were kind of, and then we're passing, we went through this little like podunk, nothing, not even a town. And there was a gas station. There was like six or seven yeah, Tesla, meanwhile, Tesla superchargers. superchargers everywhere. Yeah. So that's where you're like, okay, Tesla is killing it in that aspect. Yeah. And everywhere like, we went there, were this house has a Tesla charger in it. Exactly. So that's, that's where you're kind of, we had range anxiety basically. And we were running it in the front wheel drive mode because we had range anxiety. Yeah. Um, Unwarranted, but we did. Yeah. And then I think when you live with any of these cars, you kind of you know exactly what they can and can't do, and where they can and can't yeah. go. Um, one thing I will say that, and we can move into this is a good segue into the fact that we took it off roading for you know um, I don't know we were out there for how long an hour hour hour, an hour, and, hour. and a half yeah we were off roading for an hour and a half on national forest land yeah and it was like pretty serious off like it was like. Not like King of the Hammers, like rock crawling, but it was pretty serious. No, stuff. it was cool. Yeah, it was. I don't think the ML or the GL could make it through some of that stuff. Uh, no, for sure. Um, and it barely used any juice, dude. Nothing, and because we were, you're really not traveling that much, that far, because you're going pretty slow, right? No we're climbing wind drag, like nothing. Yeah, and we. Like, I think we left. Remember, we had like 149 miles range when we took off. And then we get on the highway, and I did close to like 100 right away. And then all of a sudden it says, oh, you have 158 miles left yeah. or something like that because, yeah. The charge estimation algorithms are are still pretty <laughs> – Yeah, they're pretty let's bad. Let's say they're pretty young right now in this car. And they'll get better with software updates and, and all of that stuff. But long story short, especially for Rivian – you know you're so much it's kind of the inverse of a gasoline vehicle where you're you're more efficient the slower you're going yeah and for us we were going 5 3 miles an hour 5 miles an hour 1 mile an hour 1 mile an hour over these like obstacles meanwhile no left foot braking just light pressure on the accelerator pedal of the car does all of the work um, the traction is amazing. We need to talk about the car. So yeah. we, get, we get down this dirt road outside of Flagstaff and Lane's like, this says dead end, like we're all freaking out. And then we see this little fence and it says National Park. Yeah. So go through the fence, follow a dirt road. Meanwhile, the car feels like an S class on the inside, basically. Yeah. Like it's like super cush, really nice. And this is on a section that's like just a rough dirt road, but it has enough like undulation and potholes where, like, you wouldn't take your normal car in yeah. the area. We no, were on. No. Yeah, I would say like a good family SUV is about the limit, or like a you know, yeah, Subaru like a Outback Forester, or or like Outback, that. yeah. yeah. That's what you want. You, that's the most you would do. And hit. I'm talking about just, this is just the up first. Up to the gate. Yeah. This is the first, or even right after the gate, right? Into yeah. Into the, like, up to where those homes were kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but then it started getting kind of like pretty gnarly, like kind of deep. There were definitely like wheels off moments. I think you're going to post some photos mm-hmm. um, where we got some wheels off. And th- there were way more technical sections that we could have taken that I'm sure the car actually would have done fine. Yeah. Um and I took it up like a pretty good like grade that was really soft like um rock and stuff and it just climbed. Like there was no yeah. it was so easy. It's so such like every I've been four-wheeling a few times in old Jeeps like a Scout um even like an LR4. The LR4 is pretty like pretty amazing actually off-road. But even then, it's like you have a gas engine and your your throttle modulation is not as good and you end up like spinning the wheels a lot more and it just... Yeah, and it's actually, it's not like the analog experience you get when you like defeat a canyon road or something like that. Right. It's kind of like frustrating because you're like, damn it, I wish I had just like a little bit more grip on that rock or, you know, hey, you know, go lean on the rear bumper or something like that. It, it Anyways, this car had none of that. It was like we were throwing frame twisters at it. Where I was two wheels in the air, yeah. And Lane's like, yeah, it's just going through it. And yeah. I light uh, pressure on the accelerator, and it just went right through. It was great. Yeah, there was like, and it, every time it would, it would barely slip at all, like ever. And then, yeah. um, it like the steering felt really good. It was really it could turn like steering really tight little amazing. corners out there in the dirt. It was definitely uh-huh. doing some like active torque vectoring, yeah. in the rock crawl mode because there was that one switchback that we had to get through, yeah, and I definitely thought it was going to be like a three point three point turn, yeah, I and guess. we just like went right through it and kind of pulled it. us right into the corner, yeah. It even felt like it was like the turning radius was getting smaller. Yeah, um, it, it was just really easy. it was just easy mode the whole time. It was like bringing a brand new GT three on our rally. Yeah. Or like on a track, like you go to like a beginner's track day and you're, everybody's showing up in their like E36s and E46s and you show up in like a brand new GT3 RS. Yeah. And by the way, me saying this, I realized that that's kind of like, it is like the GT3 of off-roaders in a way. And people, I could see people being like, fuck that. You know, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to slip the clutch. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to do anything. You just kind of like, but let's talk about that for one second. Like, everywhere we went and Arizona is like pretty polarizing, right? There's like the stuff that we've seen. At least there's either kind of like the, the far extreme, not quite far extreme, but there's, there's kind of the, the right side of, of the population. And then there's like the hippies. There's not too much in the middle, but no matter where we went, everybody like, liked the, the truck, even like those one guy had like some pretty offensive bumper stickers on (laughs) his motorcycle and, GS. and he was just like complimenting the truck and all of this stuff like it was you know it's it's a really really well-liked vehicle yeah i don't we don't see any like rivian hate out there where like if you not like tesla you know hate. drive a tesla or something like that you're kind of yeah people seem to like it a lot um but overall i was just super impressed with its like off-road capability and uh and just the fact that we were on like some like kind of gnarly stuff And then we get on the road and it's this like fast thing that handles pretty good. Yeah, it was like uh, all of a sudden it went from like Wrangler Rubicon with like upgraded Fox shocks and like really, really nice like air conditioning and stuff all the way to like Cayman Turbo S, like or Cayenne Turbo S. You're like, what the hell? Yeah. And it felt so nice. Yeah, it was really good. So, um, Yeah, and it didn't kill much mileage. So I think the range anxiety part would come from, like, it's more those, like, transit to those sections maybe where maybe that's a long drive, and then you know there's nothing around there. Yeah. But, Uh, I mean, these are all known. They're all kind of known things, right? It's like you know how far away you're driving. Um, But it is for us. You know, EV life can be frustrating. Like, we plugged in at Walmart tonight and the one we pulled up to a 350 kilowatt charger, like just was on fro- The screen was frozen, so we couldn't do it. And we backed out because the person next to us was leaving. And then this ID4 stole our spot. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Mean, yeah. It was. It, it was a. That I think the non-Tesla EV charging experience is really bad. Yeah. Like it's not like not great. It's actually really bad. It it kind of is. Yeah. And it takes like you know, high tolerance to, or it's like a high appreciation for the upsides of the EV life mm-hmm. to tolerate like what's happening, you know, the fact and, that- and this one tonight was electrify America and they're kind of like, from my experience are the best of, of, of the, you know, non Tesla chargers, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, but and I've had good luck with them actually, with Electrify America, and I've had pretty good luck with Charge Points as well. Yeah, um, all the other ones can like suck it, dude. Yeah, they, they're really bad. But um, I haven't tried EV Go. Have you tried that yet? I have, but it was like one of the weak ones. There's one oh. downtown Santa Cruz. Okay. Um, it was it it was really unintuitive, unintuit, unintuitive to like get going and sign up. That's a hard thing too. And you're like, yeah, then you're that's like new like, to the EV and then you're like, Oh, I've never used this kind before. Great. This is going to take me 30 minutes to like set it up. Um, let's talk about a couple of the gripes that I have with the car, Kay. like things that actually could be fixed in software real easily. And this is my plea to anybody that works at Rivian on the software team. Um, I think the throttle there's, I think I actually figured out what's wrong with the throttle. So the first like easy gripe is the fact that like Alexa is not connected to the vehicle functions. It's kind of, it seems a little bit stupid, but it's, it's pretty awesome to be able to like when you came off that dirt road to say Alexa, put it in sport mode or something like that. Right. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a minor convenience, but it ends up like making a huge difference in the experience that you have. Um, But I think my biggest issue with the car is how it felt at like basically zero miles per hour like the tip in tip out and drive reverse all of that the tip in tip out when you're rolling when you're driving above three or four miles an hour is okay but the amount of throttle input that you have to put before the vehicle even moves is totally unsettling and then at that point it kind of jerks so it's almost like it has the e-brake on yeah so and then it's like you're, you're kind of like, and then it goes, okay, we should turn the e-brake off now. Yeah. So it like, it's un- too slow. Und- And then all of a sudden it jerks. Yeah. So exactly. you have nothing, nothing. You're giving it throttle and there's nothing. And then all of a sudden it, you hear a, and then it, and then it kind of lurches. Yeah. Which is, it's kind of annoying. So the way that, and this is basically a function. I think it, the, I was thinking about this a lot a few minutes ago and, um, what that's exactly what's happening is that the e brake is not responding fast or the hand the parking brake is electric parking brake is not responding fast enough to the user input. And the problem with that is that, you know, I think it's a it's a controls issue, and they may be kind of stuck with some hard some hardware architecture that doesn't allow them to, for example, use uh um the current the motor current. To hold at low speed, that lower torques, so you can actually what the Model Y does, for example, you don't feel any of that in the Model Y. But if you listen with the windows down, you can hear the parking brake, electric parking brake, gently actuating in and out to kind of hold it, but not like all the way actuating, so that it it takes so long to back itself out. And so I think I don't know if the parking brake in the Rivian has the ability to modulate like that. I think it does, but. These are all like little tuning tweaks that that end up making a big difference. And and they totally could could fix a lot of this stuff in software. And then it also had a small like isolation on the steering wheel. The steering wheel kind of like kind of I mean, it vibrated, but it wasn't it wasn't like annoying where it would like. So what's happening, I think, is like almost. So if you imagine a, um, a servo system, so the steering is basically like a big servo. And if you don't put any torque into that servo, if you don't if you don't feed it a, um, a a command, and you just let it free float, then it'll translate all of those vibrations back into the steering wheel. And so the steering the steering the the wheels themselves are moving as the suspension is going up and down. The toe is changing slightly, and so that's how the steering wheel. You see some vibrations in the steering wheel. You don't feel them. It's not yeah. an out of balance. But you see the movement in the steering wheel. If you get in a Model Y or Model S or an S Class or your Polestar yeah. or my 911, like any of these cars, and you drive with electric power steering and you drive down the road, um, you'll notice that the steering wheel is like a brick. It's just yeah. dead solid. It doesn't move. And what they're doing is they're applying a little bit of torque to the steering rack to, to keep a preload on the system. I don't think the Rivian is doing that and I think the the wind up like the the minor tolerance in the in all of the the stack up of the steering system is where that little vibration is coming from
1: mm-hmm. which is
0: it's yeah it and then one other like kind of so I think most of the gripes we have are just with the software like I don't think the UI is very good the screen's a little it's a little confusing um, it also doesn't have that we could find at least it doesn't have a way to access like apps and watch YouTube or something like that which I mean this is like it's the Again, biggest first world problems ever or whatever but like this is kind of like a no like cars are just doing that these days right yeah, Especially exactly. electric cars so you kind of expect more and the, the UI is pretty busy and kind of like it's a, a very cumbersome Compared to like my Polestar, for example, which is a Google interface and it's very simple. And then the Tesla, which is pretty, it has it's actually, complicated, it has like, more stuff, but it's still pretty, pretty good in inter- yeah. a really good yeah. uh, UI. Um, so that's one thing. And, and then one thing that I don't think is a software issue, and it's not the biggest problem ever, but um, the crazy vibrations felt oh, through yeah. the pedals. Um, yeah, this is like a, a kind of NVH issue, and it's not the noise, vibration, harshness, and like I hear a, a rattle or I feel this or that. It's more kind of this like physics modal stiffness problem where I I feel like basically the the bracket or the mount that the compressor is t- is mounted to is incorrectly isolated so this is air conditioning compressor, so air conditioning compressor, full blown, yeah. like you're at a charging station and you're just sitting there. And what happens is you can feel it in what would be the firewall or in the kind of the front bulkhead, um, on the sheet metal, just vibrating. It's like a drum mm-hmm. and, and, um, you feel it through the pedals. So, and the pedals are mounted to that same bulkhead. And so now this air conditioning compressor, the HVAC compressor that is vibrating is, is just, I think, you know, incorrectly from an engineering perspective, incorrectly isolated. Uh, and you get this kind of weird propagation of vibration through the firewall into the pedals. And as the driver, you really feel it. Um, and you know, it could be as simple as a doubler where the pedal boxes or a doubler where the, the sheet metal on the, um, hvac compressor is or something like that but it's definitely one of these like i have this li- these little jokes like it, the car has startup seats for sure right. which is kind of like every startup that car company has kind of crappy seats at the beginning which is fine and these seats are not that bad well as, and, the, long, and this isn't long talking long. about the materials or the finishes yeah, this, this is, is the like structure the structure it's just like they're a little hard and flat maybe like flat maybe not the most comfortable but they're they're a great looking seat i think yeah like they look like really really well finished yeah but this is another one of the those things like the early floors in the model s's especially the trunks were a little bit thin and they kind of like did a little bit of this like um uh uh, booming Uh so that it's the same thing and and i think it's it's actually something pretty straightforward for rivian to fix like partway through a production cycle um with just do you think even like spraying some kind of like liner would do it because wouldn't that thick it wouldn't that uh, like Calm the isolation. Down. No, because the isolation is going straight through the mechanical connections. And and the HVAC compressor for one reason or another is not properly mechanically isolated. Uh-huh. And so what happens is you may isolate it in one direction, but it's not isolated in the other direction that induces some other mode of vibration through like these three fasteners that tie it to another bracket. It's it's kind of like this, you know, fundamental NVH thing that uh, is really, really hard to predict, r- impossible to find before you actually build it. And sometimes, which is a, a case like this, you kind of have to just say it's good enough and ship it, and we'll fix it the next time we have to so do run these So do you think how about stamping that uh, firewall or bulkhead in a different way? Would that help? Because that would stiffen it? This is literally, I, I would say that you could probably fix this whole problem with fixing the interface bracket between the firewall and the HVAC compressor. Oh, yeah. If you just redesign a that stronger bracket, I would basically. make it. I I mean I have no idea what this thing even looks like, but generally stiffer, heavier, yeah. and and do some kind of a vibration analysis to figure out how to isolate that specific mode that's causing the vibration in the pedals. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, all in all, I I can completely endorse somebody spending. MSRP on one of these cars. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I think they're great cars, and I think they're not going to be like a throwaway car. I think people are really going to enjoy and like you know dig into these cars. I would consider a Model S or Model X, Model Y, any of those cars as like throwaway cars. A throwaway, yeah. um, not a Roadster, for example. But I, I would put Rivian in kind of like the special class of yeah. EVs. It's also like, I mean, the practicality is insane, dude. It's like it is the so interior good. volume is great. Right. So and then good. it has that pass through behind, which we haven't even touched the boom box. Dude. And then the, bo- yeah, it's so cool. We so used it like without even like trying yeah. to use it. It was like, we need music. Oh, go get the boom box out of the car. It was rad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so awesome. And then it has the flashlight in the door. It's really cool. Yep, Like a lot of cool details and all those details are what, like when these cars were how much like i know not, you can like ours is probably spec'd up to 95 grand right now um ish. yeah the one that we have i spec i spec an yeah. suv recently and it was like that same spec yeah um and i think they were what? i think sticker on this is eighty two thousand. yeah so they what? used to be yeah. 80 At eighty grand, I still I think that's like no wonder they raise the price. Like there's so many, like there's so many details there, dude. Like this is on par with any of the European SUVs. Yeah, and when I say SUVs, I'm not talking about like a uh, Macan. I'm talking about like a Cayenne. Yeah, but even more. things like that yeah. cost a lot of money, right? Like you always hear about like American car companies. You're like, yeah, well, that's the cost savings right there. You know, they pinched yeah. like they, you're like, it has exposed wood, like dude. seams in the plastic and stuff. And you know, American car, oh, yeah, you yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. that's because they're pinching, you know, because they, they spend all their money on this. And you're like, but this thing has a freaking beautiful flashlight. And then it has this awesome speaker in the middle that and by the way, used an amazing it powertrain. Yeah. And like crazy detail on the interior the yep. seats like all this stuff and then it has this really cool pass through behind the we, know, we haven't even opened no we it didn't yet. even open it. and then it has the tonneau cover tonneau and cover. then it has all these tie downs that are really cool looking and like well done and integrated by the way minor like little tiny nitpicky thing yeah. the tonneau cover is not dust proof oh like yeah. after all this driving we i open the tailgate and there's just all kinds of red dust in the in the bed yeah, yeah. but whatever um huge frunk rad uh it has this power like it's like lamborghini style scissor door for the charger which is cool kind of it's cool in theory but fucking why dude just give me a freaking just give me a normal gas yeah like, i think i think so dumb i have to go into this like i'm like all open it for me because i don't remember how to do it on the stupid ui on this yeah. the, on this screen it's like dude just let me go outside and press it and have it pop open yeah like i don't like I hate stuff like that where it's like I think the couple of things that will end up coming back into EVs are the small switches inside the controls of the vehicle for things like mirrors and steering columns oh, yeah. and stuff like that. I think those will eventually come back. Mm-hmm. Or some other version of UI that has like a second set of scrolls like behind it. Some something that's more specific towards that function. Yeah. And then um uh and then the the whatever the other thing. Gas lid. Yeah. The, the gas lid automated gas lids are the stupidest thing in the world. Model Y I hate mine. Yeah. And then don't they close all the time? Yeah. Close like like, by the time I get the adapter out of the door and I go put the adapter on the connector and then plug the connector into the Tesla, the door closes again. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I have to put it on the ground. Oh, one thing I will say. So it's funny listening to smoking tire. If you haven't listened to smoking tire, it's Matt Ferris podcast who's a friend of the podcast um, or and, and Zach Clapman um, but they have uh, Matt complains because he drove like the Lucid and it has the Tesla style system where you usually have keyless entry and keyless go so you get in the car and you all you do is put it in drive and you drive off there's no t- pressing a button to turn the car on yeah he thinks that's like the worst thing ever I kind of like I it. think it's the best thing I ever. love it I love it I don't understand why you would not like that one example is on some of these cars, you can, le- if you have a push to start, you could get out of the car and leave the car on. Then you have to go back in the car, yeah. press the button to turn it off. But you don't, with electric car, it's like, you never know if it's on or off because it doesn't make any noise. There's and no- there's the the concept of on and off does not apply to electric vehicles. No, you vehicles. don't need it. The only thing that goes on and off in an electric vehicle are these contactors that open and close the high voltage to different circuits. Yeah. And so there's... But it turns it off itself, so it we're does, fine. It's all automated by yeah. a computer. So and, and one of Matt's arguments, which... I didn't think of and maybe I didn't think of it because Tesla and the Polestar are both you just get in and drive them. They don't have this problem, but the lucid does, I guess, cause it's like startup car. Um, he said, when you get out of the car, it keeps the stereo going until you lock the car. Yeah, the so all of a sudden you're too. like, Oh, it does. Yeah. I hate it. Oh, so, so I'm with Matt on that. 100%. Oh, okay. That sucks. Dude. And so like the thing that sucks the worst is yeah. like, let's say for example, on the model Y. Yeah. I get home, I have like the Jay-Z channel playing. Okay. Yeah. And I turn off the car or whatever. And then in the morning, the girls get in the car. I unlock the car. As soon as the door opens, the Jay Z channel's blaring. Okay, and my little girl's like, they're saying bad words again. Uh. I'm like, oh my god, please. Like, so, that, okay, I, I think, I, I but that's that. a thing with but every. But no, but that one, the the thing with getting back in the car, that's the thing with every new car. You get back in, it's gonna play whatever you had on. Yeah, the F250 so, does the same. So thing. the big problem you're talking about though is like, you get out of the car. You go around to the trunk, it's still playing the stuff. You go yeah. in the and like and which it doesn't obnoxious. shut off until you lock the car, which might be even, oh, I walked into my house five times and then all of a sudden your podcast is 10. But it's also quarter. a software fix. Like so, the only reason Lucid does it like that is because Tesla did it like that. So Polestar, you get in the car, it's the same thing. You put it in, you just click it to drive and you drive off. It's the same as a Tesla, but it has sensors in the seat. Exactly. So when I get out of my car. When I open the door, it's still on the radio. The second I step out of the car, perfect. it turns off. Perfect. It's a perfect solution. What? You know what? Huh. Every one of these cars have seat occupancy I know. sensors. So all they have to for airbags and yeah, stuff. It's just software. Yeah. So it's just a software philosophy problem. Yeah. And Tesla did it this way. And so Lucid is doing it this way. Because yeah. Peter and, and the team over there have a pretty awesome obsession. And, and half the time with my car, I don't even press park, dude. I don't even need to. It doesn't matter. You don't need to press park. Yeah, you don't because you because if you just open the door, it puts itself yeah, in park exactly. and turns itself off. So I think it's a beautiful thing I, to not have to. I, I don't it. want to have to. But I agree start with the but, music problem. Yeah, but if it's my not a problem, music for problem, example, whatever. my car it doesn't have that issue. They You're, fixed it. I'm just saying, like, there's a way to solve it. The Chinese are ahead of the game. Yeah, the Chinese are ahead of the game, dude. The Chinese Swedes are killing it. Um, right. But yeah, I felt like that's a, I don't know. I just feel like that's a weird gripe because these days when I drive a lot of modern cars too, cause you're, you're used to not having a key and you get into a car and you're like, God, it's so annoying. I have to turn this thing off. Like I, yeah, I always think they're off cause they're pretty quiet too. Even like new M3, I think I got out and I was like, oh shoot, the car's still running. You know, or you'd like, you'd leave the car in gear. I leave the f yeah. in gear all the time. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh. yeah. And there's no leaving it. There's no gear to leave it yeah. in or anything with like a electric car, which is, I mean, it is. Yeah, it's a weird thing. It's so easy to get used to though. Like just getting in, a, and, it, and it feels almost like archaic to get in my wife's um, Telluride now, and I'm like, oh god, I gotta press this button. Yeah, what is this? And then I have to put it into gear after I press the button. Well, oh look at that Polestar commercial. Oh, it's a beautiful interior. Same as mine. Look at oh, that. Nice. That's the new one. though. Look at those wheels. Weird looking. Five spokes. All right. Is that a podcast? I think that's a podcast. All right. I hopefully, uh, but I think both of us endorse the Rivian. We just think there's a highly. It's obviously this is and this is like an early. This is their first a, car. Are you first kidding 4, me? Four thousand like, cars or something. Probably. Can you, know? you imagine like, the yeah. if, if the the Roadster that we should like had, yeah, no. yeah. Imagine the first. Huge think about the first model S. The Rivian dude. team. Model like, S still can't. Like Tesla still can't paint cars. Shout out to Christina. Shout out to Nick, the whole crew over there. I know I'm missing all of my friends that are there, but it's nice. um Yeah. Okay. Good work. Bye. Hope Later. you guys like, like this filler podcast. Later. Bye. bye, bye, bye. bye.